0: good morning good evening good afternoon based on wherever you are ab sabko mira namaskar. welcome to episode six of leadership insights with me prashant first of all i would like to thank each and every one of you for the amazing love that you're giving this show and the amazing insights that you're sharing with us through comments while we are on the show and also when you're watching the recording so thank you so much for that now continuing our journey of building awareness around leadership Around the skill set, perspectives, and mindset of leadership, today we have another amazing guest with us. Today's guest is very special, and we are going to talk about a very special topic. We are going to focus on small and medium businesses. And the topic that we're going to talk about today is leadership through the lens of execution. Now, there is a lot of time that small and medium businesses spend on setting goals. They spend a lot of time on being clear about what their goals are and what is the path towards that goal. But one thing that small and medium businesses definitely lack and suffer from is not meeting their goals. I have seen as a coach, there are a lot of businesses who forget about reaching the goal. There are small and medium businesses that struggle right at the beginning at step one and step two, and they get disheartened because they don't see themselves achieving the results that they wanted to achieve. So today's guest, has a solution for us. He has a way forward for us. The guest that we have today with us is an expert in execution management. He's a leadership coach with more than 34 years of corporate experience. So ladies and gentlemen, without any further delay, let's have with us, Mr. Monty Pedersen. Hi, Monty, a very good morning to you.
1: And uh, good afternoon, Prashant. It's, uh, it's, it's great to be with, uh, with the people of India and, and everybody else around the world who's viewing in.
0: Thank you so much. And thank you so much for doing this so early in the morning for us. I know it, it, it's way too early and it's 9-11. So I, I understand the emotions behind that day as well. So my sincere gratitude and condolences for that, what happened. But thank you so much for taking our time and being here.
1: Yeah, you, you you're welcome, and and uh, appreciate the condolences on uh, on 9/11 because this is a, this is a solemn day for us in America. We can't we can't forget about that. Um, very very true.
0: Of course, and uh, in in many ways, not just for that one country. Uh, this day, what happened that day, impacting the whole world. In many ways, it changed the way we see things. It changed the way we feel about things. And it's been 20 years since then, but it doesn't feel like that. It feels like it had just happened. Because the memories are so fresh of the devastation that happened that day. Uh, But as they say that, you know, we need to learn from it. We need to move forward and look at how we can take life forward. And that's why we are here today. We are here today to focus on the solution and not on the problem. We are here today to actually find a way forward for small and medium businesses and understand what this execution management is. Because Monty, I have been following your content on LinkedIn. And let me tell you, I have learned a lot from it. And there is a lot that I apply in my conversations with my coaches when it comes to execution from that. But I always had this question that I know a little from your videos, from your content, but I needed to deep dive. I needed to understand from you why are you so focused on execution management? And first of all, what is execution management?
1: Well, it's, 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 a, uh, it's, a, it's a great question a lot, and, and a lot to unpack there. Um, <laughs> But um, execution and the reason for it is, and I, I believe these are U.S.-based statistics. But it's it's been estimated that anywhere from sixty to ninety percent of all strategies either fall short or fail outright. And so, as you shared, there, you know, I'm, I'm sure this, the the statistics are similar, you know, yes, in, in yeah. India and other countries. That people just aren't achieving what they want to achieve, and you know there's there's several reasons for that. Um, the The first one is that that people think that execution is intuitive, that it's something that once the plan gets built, if you hire smart people technically capable and uh, you know people that have a good understanding of what of what they need to do inside your organization, that you can just hand it to them and that that things will automatically happen and and that's 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 a falsehood i think that business owners you know fall for Um, what what really happens around execution is that once the strategy is built that's when execution starts and you you really need a plan for your strategy a plan for implementing your strategy and that's that's really what execution management is so I, I use interchangeably a bunch of definitions and we, we tend to do this in business, right? We, we have, you know, definitions that sort of fit our needs and really the business of execution is all about clarifying, de, uh, deploying and achieving organizational initiatives. And, and so what, what I mean by that is, you know, the, the managers, the owners, the, the business owners, the senior executives all need to clarify continuously what it is you're trying to do. Communication is so absolutely critical in being successful at execution. And then from, you know, from the deploying stage, you need to be able to ap- apply and supply the resources necessary to help your people get the work done. Um, you know, as a leader, this is one of, the, you know, one of the really key things that you have to remember that you do. Your people need certain things in order, in order to, to, to get the work done. That, that drives the initiatives, that achieves the overall objectives. And then finally, you know, a leader needs to help achieve through, through execution. And, and all, all that simply means is not everybody can get across the finish line, right? You've got, you've got people that encounter problems, they get to a point where they, they, they can't move to the next level. And as a leader, you've got to, you've got to be able to jump into that situation Help, help those people, remove barriers, what, whatever it is, help get them across the finish line because if they don't achieve their goals, they're not contributing to the overall initiatives and, and, and you're not going to have success. So that's like sort of a, that's sort of a global way of looking at it. But, but, but to me, execution management is aligning the daily tasks and activities of everybody on a team with the strategic objectives of the organization. I I, I can't I can't make it any more clear than that, that that you've got to get everybody synchronized with what it is you're trying to do. And then you've got to be able to define what that is. Now, it doesn't mean that you're going to define it perfectly from the outset. Mm. It, It does mean that you're you know, that you're going to be close enough to that individual to monitor their performance so that you can course correct. And that when something happens that negatively impacts you or something that you learn, um, you can take that and you can move that forward and and change it. And so that you're keeping people progressively on the right path and then, and then keep them focused on, on a priority, or, or maybe you need to, maybe you need to blow up that goal or initiative and move them to a totally different one inside of execution management. You can do that. And typically what happens, is that organizations will go down a path, and it'll be it'll be two, three, four months later, and they'll be busy with other priorities, and mm-hmm. they'll be thinking about it, and then and then you'll go, okay, well, what are we going to do about this? Because this is what we said we were going to do. Execution management is in the moment. It's it's a thousand moments that you're constantly focusing on all the time and trying to you know trying to bring to fruition.
0: Interesting, Monty. So you know, uh, based on what you say, I think. Uh, you're trying to break down these two words. If I look at execution and management separately as two different words and not together, one, we're talking about execution in terms of getting things done, which means it's more action and more task oriented. And when I'm talking about management, I'm talking about being aware of who is doing what, being aware of what is happening, being aware of what is not happening, right? So you're trying to bring these two things together. Is that right?
1: Yeah, I think I think that's right. But but with in that same in that same thought process, Prashant, you you need to be careful because sometimes the the language of execution can be a turnoff um, mm-hmm. to to people. Um, because I mean, when you when you think about execution at its core, right? You 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 talk about medieval times and cutting people's heads off, <laughs> and and doing those things. Um, yeah. you know, and, and then beyond that, there's a there's a lexicon, right, where you're talking about um discipline accountability stretch goals um you know all those words impart a negative Mm -hmm. perception to people as well and you know in in the workforce so when you so when you start around execution and and talking about the language of execution i i prefer to and, and, and again this is the way i was kind of trained in it or brought up in it i prefer execution to you know to be a language of greatness that if we understand it as something that we can really do and master, then we're really, really uh, in, in a position to, uh, you know, to succeed. That, that we, we want to look at every opportunity at work as, a, as an opportunity to improve the organization. And, and really, that's, the, that's the, the kind of definition and the kind of meaning that I, that I like to try and build around execution.
0: Nice. And you said execution is a language for greatness. Is that right? Those are the words that you used?
1: Yes, yes, it it, re- it requires a language of greatness that that you know we we may have all these negative things from work and from history, but it, but in reality, you know, the things that we're trying to do all infer greatness. All that, that when we do these things, only good things are going to come from them.
0: True, and and I observed this. You know, you in the beginning when we started this conversation, you mentioned about the statistics of um, USA of what's happening there. But let me also tell you that in India, the statistics are very similar and uh, may, maybe even worse than that because um, I work with small and medium businesses and the clients that I have, when it comes to what you are saying right now, which means there are closed room conversations that are happening around strategy, but when it comes to going beyond those five, seven, eight, ten 10 people who are in the closed room and you go and communicate it with the larger population because execution requires everybody together in that game, Uh, these words that you use where people probably don't take this word execution in a very positive manner because it comes as a stretch assignments it comes as overworking it sounds like somebody will be monitoring you all the time it sounds like you'll be held accountable for everything that you do it sounds like every minute of your day will be calculated and accounted for so this kind of language this this conversation that we need to have with our people so correct me if i'm wrong What you're trying to say is that execution management is vital. Uh, It's important because sometimes you could be two, three, four months down towards moving your goal. And then you realize that it doesn't seem like we're going in the right direction. It doesn't seem like we're doing the right thing. It doesn't seem like we're getting the results that we desire to get by now. And by then, sometimes it's too late to course correct and you've already moved way past where you should have ideally been. Now, what the point I'm trying to make, Monty, is that you are emphasizing on communication that as much as this word can bring in a lot of negative connotations and thoughts in your mind about what it is as a leader, I need to be aware of how am I communicating this with my people? What kind of language am I using with my people? And am I also showing them that I am aware that this language might be bringing in these thoughts in your mind? but that is not what we are trying to do. So showing the larger vision to the people and communicating it in a positive manner is what results or what probably sets the right foundation. Is that right?
1: That, that, that is right. Um, you, you don't want to mistake um, being overbearing or, or, or micromanaging for, for caring. And, and as a leader, if, you're, if, you're, if you care for your people, and there's trust and respect built up inside of the organization and people understand that, then anything you do isn't going to be, um, isn't, isn't going to translate them as being negative. It's, it's, it's going to be that, 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 that you care. Um, you know, pe- people talk a lot about, you know, micromanagement and, and oversight, and, um, they, they, they sort of fear it. And so, a lot of leaders will just be hands off thinking that, you know, well, I told them once they should, they, I, I did it clearly enough. They should get it. You know, they should be okay. Um, but in reality, you know, we all lead complex lives and, and we all have different thought processes and things happening at home and other things that we're, that we're thinking about. And, uh, you know, so, so you've got to say things to people multiple times and, and you have to be, close to them to know how they're consuming that information and whether, whether they're getting it. And, you know, a, a good leader will say things over and over again if, if they need to be. And, and quite frankly, people appreciate that. You, you know, you may think you're micromanaging and, and one or two may view it as being micromanaged, but most of the people are going to be happy about it because they missed it along the line. I'm, I'm one of these people who when when, um, when I see a movie, especially if I go to a theater and I see a movie, I need to see it two or three times because <laughs> everything moves so fast for me. So the second or third time, you know, I, I see the movie, I go, oh yeah, that's why he did that. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it all kind of clicks for me. Well, it's the same thing. It's the same thing in business and in your, in your people, you know, it, but, but, but you, you bring up a huge point that if there's an underlying foundation, again, a cultural element of caring, uh, you know, about, about your people, and you, you obviously have taken the time to lay the groundwork with a great mission, vision, core values, core behaviors, um, and people adhere and live, live those. And, and as, you, as you live them in your actions and your words as a leader, then they're not going to have any problem with that. They're, they're going to take as much, uh, as, as much instruction from you as you can possibly give them because they, they understand that you're, you're all working the benefit of the organization first and if the organization succeeds then obviously the benefits accrue to you know to all the people
0: true true Monty. and you know when you talk about micromanagement uh in your perspective is there a thin line between micromanagement that is acceptable and that is actually beneficial and if you go beyond that is where it gets overwhelming or it gets too intrusive in nature
1: yeah, I mean, I think I think that's a line we put there, and I, I think people I think people know the the extreme of what micromanagement is. I mean, if somebody is is riding your back and bullying you and forcing you to do things, you know, quickly without instruction, I mean, that's so much more different than someone who's just involved in your work and cares about what's happening and want and wants to help, and then you know probably the other thing that comes with with building trust and respect amongst your people is that you you know people people get used to that and they, and they know you're there to work, to look after their best interests and so it's not seen as it's not seen as micromanagement it's just seen as this this is this is what we have to do but if again if that relationship is good there's two way active candid dialogue going on all the time and, and that if, if a person does feel overwhelmed, they should have the ability to speak up and say, um, you know, you know, Jeremy, you, you know, you, you've really been pressing me on this and I understand why, but I think I have this, I think I have this right. And I think I'm doing it well. So you know, trust that we can, you know, we can do this. So when you have the freedom scale and the psychological safety mm-hmm. to be able to say and do those things, then you know the, you you can you can take care of those situations and you know again w- without that dialogue without that you know two way communication um you know n- none of that's going to happen it's just going to people are going to make assumptions on both sides and generally something's going to get dropped and feelings are going to be hurt and people aren't going to you know be successful
0: true and a very important point that you just mentioned in this conversation is psychological safety right you know Uh, there, there is so much that depends on that the way i feel in an organization the way i feel around a leader the way i see my leader and the energy that i get from my leader impacts my work a lot impacts my being in that team in that organization a lot and if the leader has created that psychologically safe environment around then The leader reaching out to me, communicating on constant basis, checking on how I am doing, checking on what support I need, checking on the progress and challenges does not seem like micromanaging. It seems like there is someone who is caring enough to reach out to me and check if you need some help. You know, that's how he or she looks at that leader. But if the leader has not created that psychologically safe environment, then the team member actually wants that leader to be as far away from him or her as possible saying that, Give me work. Let me do my stuff. Stay away from me. <laughs> I don't like you being around. And because, you know, it's impacting my work. It's impacting me. I'm not able to be my best in terms of my mind as well to do my best at my work. So that psychological safety is a very key word that you used. I think that plays a huge role.
1: Yeah. yeah and what, what proves it is why, why, why do so many people not want to return to the office? you know they they want to work they want to work remotely for that reason because they they don't you know they don't want to be around you know their boss and, and and another statistic that that sort of bears out what you just shared Prashant, is is that 50 to 70% of 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 a, of a individual employee's perception of the of the job and of the business comes from their boss mm. and so that boss has significant bearing on, you know, on, on your life and what you think about your job and how you do it. And and that all obviously rolls back into, you know, productivity and enjoyment and, you know, all those, all those other factors that, uh, you know, that, that, you know, companies say they like to provide, but, you know, but they really don't. Um, yeah. so, so leaders, um, uh, you know, be aware of that, you know, that, that, um, you know, if you can build trust and respect, if you can care for your people and they and they feel that and they, and they and they feel like they're heard, then chances are, even if you even if you are a little overbearing or you make a mistake, um, you're going to be forgiven for that because they, they know you're just trying to do your best for them and the organization.
0: Very true. I, I think, you know, very interesting points that came up. We were talking about execution management and this whole discussion actually took a very different route. But that's the foundation for it because if this is not in place then you can put anything in place you can try everything possible in the world it will not work for you if you have not created a psychologically safe environment if you as a leader is not someone that your people are comfortable with if the communication channels are not open and not two-way and you mentioned a very interesting point right now in the end which was your people should feel that they are heard So your people should know that, you know, whatever they want to say, whatever they're trying to communicate, whatever challenges they're going through is being heard. Their leader is understanding that and that gives you that that empathy somewhere to even forgive your leader if he or she does something which is not right or which you don't feel he or she should have done because, you know, they're trying their best to only help you and things happen. You know, their intention is not something that you doubt. So things could go wrong sometimes, right?
1: That, that that's right that's right and, and and what it what it ultimately proves um prashan is that is that you know having a great culture is an execution accelerator i'm i'm not saying that you can't execute well without culture but it's going to be a it's going to be a lot harder and and generally um you just you just won't be as successful if you are it's a forced issue you'll have high turnover you, you'll, you'll you'll do things in a um in sort of a transactional way, mm. and 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 n- nobody likes working for that, you know, for that organization. So, you know, in essence, what great execution requires is is two things. Um, the first thing is actionable intelligence, and I refer to actionable intelligence as all that information that's locked away in your people's heads, everything mm. they're thinking about and their role and dealing with customers and what they know at their level. And if you're not accessing that. You don't, you don't know how your people are feeling about the business and ha- how they're mm. working with your customers and you know, working on the shop floor or, or, or whatever their role is. So, so ga- gaining access to actionable intelligence is, is really, really critical. Mm. The second thing is to have the organizational structure and the communication processes in place that allow you to manage execution at an individual level. And, mm. and really, that's, that's a long-winded way of just saying you you've got to be able to work with your people individually and sort of customize their workload so that you know the right things are getting done. But also you're you're assigning people based on skill sets. You you know them so well. You know their strengths. You know their weaknesses. You know what they like. You know who they like working with. You know what they're passionate about. Mm. Um, getting you know that. That has an effect on what you assign to those people so if mm-hmm. you give if you give the right work or right project or right initiative to a you know to a team that gets along and that works well together you can have a trust as a leader that, that that's going to get done um but mm. if you just but if you just hand out roles um, you know just you know just just pass them out without without paying any attention to why you're doing that then chances are you're not going to get the same the same result so so actionable intelligence, and then and then having that organizational and communication structure in place to manage at an individual level, really really makes all the difference. And it and it all relates back to psych safety and and you know what we're what we're talking about here because that's why you're doing it. Um, they're they're not going to share anything with you if they don't trust you, mm. and and they're not going to listen very well, you know, in your in your communication if if they really don't. Care about anything more than than doing the minimum, and that's that's a lot of uh, a, a lot of what the leader can invoke in an environment when they're not when they're not caring, when they're not listening, when they're not you know involving the team in in the things they should be.
0: True, and Monty, uh, one thing that I have noticed, you know, uh, based on what you just said, and we're speaking about psychological safety, we're talking about processes, we're talking about actionable intelligence, we're talking about listening. When, when I talk to small and medium businesses uh, about these things or similar things, uh, what they say is that all this sounds very good, Prashant. Uh, it's very good when all this is applied in corporates or in big organizations. But we are small and medium businesses. We are working on survival mode. We are trying to make up things so that, you know, we go on month on month. We have salaries to pay. We have expenses. We have debts to pay. We are running on credits. So they don't believe that all this is important for them they just somehow want to reach the result. And those clients who take us up as coaches in that process realize that we cannot get to the result unless and until there are processes that are set up, unless and until there's standardization of processes that is done, until and unless we understand what leadership is, until and unless we understand how we communicate with our people, until and unless Uh, The actionable intelligence that you mentioned, which is with your people because they are on the ground, they are working with your customers, they are dealing with your products and services, if they don't come back to you and give you feedback on what is working, what's not working, what can be done better, if they don't become a participant in this journey that you're looking to build and looking to create, then you are unaware of, you're blindsided in so many ways. Where your people can show you that we are progressing but when you don't see the end result is when you'll be surprised that we're not progressing right and this is a mind block that a lot of small and medium businesses have that they're not open to such conversations then they're not open to believe that it's for them they feel it's good for big organizations but it doesn't apply to me once i get there i will get into all this i will create mission vision values i will do all this once i become big but right now since i'm a small and medium business i just want to achieve results so you know how, how do you deal with that mind block have you faced this have you seen this
1: um yeah, yes and, and i'm and i'm very familiar with it and and what, what what's really interesting about it is um in the startup environment really those those terms and conditions that you're kind of describing small business in you know right right now um people tend to work differently. Like, you know, when, 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 you know, you're, you're working on a thread and you don't have much money and you know, you, you, you're under all kinds of pressure, people tend to step up and they just do what needs to be done irregardless of, of role or title. And that's, that's, that's very good. And that's a survival technique, right? Mm -hmm. That, that, that these small businesses do, but there's, but there's two, there's a couple of additional universal truths that impact your business at any level, whether you're a startup, whether you're growing rapidly, or whether you're a very mature organization. And that's that, that you, you have two factors that you're dealing with on a daily basis. And the, the first one is um, the daily activities of the, of the business, the, day, the day-to-day functionality of the business. You have, to, you have to be able to manage that. You can't lose sight of that because that's your inertia, right? That's how you, that's how you conduct your business. But then you have this, this competing priority of improvement activities. And, and improvement activities are what actually move the organization forward. So those are things like um, you know, growing your sales, training your people, innovating and creating new products. You have to be able to do those things if your business is going to survive. So the sustainability of a smaller, medium-sized business is totally dependent on your ability to continue to improve the organization now now sometimes that happens right just just organically if if you invent videos by mail for example um and everybody gets wind of it and streaming video it aligns with technology and everything's growing on its own you know you don't worry a lot about your business model right away right but if but if if you're a small business and your, 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 you know, your niche is relatively unknown. Your competitive advantage is, you know, could be e- eaten up in a week or two by a competitor. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you've got to continue to focus on, on improvement activities. And that's, you know, that's what execution management really is. It keeps that focus so that yes, you have to, yes, you have to uh, tend to the laundry. You have to, you have to do the work. You have to get the, the business out the door. You have to package the equipment all of that's all of that's very very important and you're gonna do that, but at the point where you catch your breath, you've got to come back to your priorities and what you're trying to do longer term, and that's where execution can benefit you um because all of a sudden you didn't lose your place, you just know where you left off, and you can go right to it and just pick up where you were and and that's what you want you know different people are at different stages in the organization, so Somebody may have been through the rough spots, and other people are still in them. Um, you've got those people moving, you know, the organization forward and doing something else. And 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 again, it, as a leader, it's your it's your it's your mission, it's your job to keep all of the all the balls in the air, and and and, and execution management's a great way to do that.
0: Absolutely, well well said, uh, Monty. I'm so glad we spoke about it and. It's, it's very important to set that ground of what is execution management. And we also touched on certain aspects of the significance of execution management. So if we can go a little more deeper into it and try to understand that, what is the significance of execution management when it comes to small and medium businesses? And what do you think are those top challenges that get resolved if small and medium businesses get this in their system?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it, it, it all starts. It all starts with with that strategy, and whether your strategy is written down or it's not, you you have to have a you have to have a beginning, right? You have to have a place where you know where you want you know where you want to you know to launch from, and and so having a plan for that strategy is is really really critical, no matter how. Basic elementary or, or, or complex that it gets, and then you know probably the other thing that's really, really important at, at that point to understand is that you know we, do, we just don't we just don't set strategy and say we're good for the next three to five years, not mm-hmm. saying that that can't happen it, it, it in all likelihood can, but for the most part, um, execution and strategy. The, it's a dynamic process, and if you cannot adjust on the fly, if you can't course correct if you can't make allowances for the business conditions on the ground that are happening um then chances are you're going to get eaten alive by something c- coming out of left field that you just didn't see yeah. um or or some competitor or, or you know or or whatever it is but when you're you know when you're aware of everything that your people are doing when you're aware of where you're moving the organization, you know, you're, you're, you're sitting above it all. You have line of sight, um, into the people, um, then you know what's, then you know what's happening and you can make much better decisions as a result. So, 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 so in answer to your question, where I'm going on this, on this deeper dive is, um, you know, execution is, is grounded in that, in that ability, you know, to, connect your people to your strategy. So up here, you're creating, um, you're creating a strategy that makes sense to you as a leader and a leadership team that may not always make sense to everybody down throughout the organization. Yeah. So, so really what a great execution system will do is it will effectively translate that strategy for your people at every level of the organization. And and, and let me let me give you an example. Um, You know, we're we're big on financial metrics, right? It it, it drives a lot of things, capital investment, and and you know, uh, uh, other things. If you're publicly owned, obviously your your stock price. Um, But when you're um, when you're looking at those things, they make sense to you. You go a couple levels below the leadership team, and they make no sense to people. So say you want to. You want to drive EBITDA three points, you know, over, over the next year. Well, most of the people down below you don't have any idea what EBITDA right. is, and they don't really care. <laughs> you know, quite frankly. They want the company to be successful, but they, they, they don't really care what you think. I mean, in their minds, they're just going, well, that just makes the boss rich, you know, which yeah. which, which yeah. you know which, which may be true. So you know, you've got to you've got to take it down to their level and, and say, okay, how how do these people contribute to the EBITDA goal of, of increasing it by three point percentage points? And, and maybe that's on the shop floor, that's um, that's building twenty thousand widgets a week, or, mm. you know, or or, or something. Um, so 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 really, I use a metric driven example. A financial one because it's easy to understand but really you're really looking to find out what motivates and we'll get these people mm. looking at their contribution and saying okay our goal is twenty thousand a week we only hit eighteen five last week so so we're behind which means we've got to do um you know we, we've got to make up that extra fifteen hundred widgets this this next week so you know that's what's known as a leading indicator and so anytime you can communicate in in ways to people that they know how they're achieving, how they're working towards the success of the organization. Those are good things that you have to do because then they'll automatically um, adjust. I mean, they'll, they'll, they'll go, okay, well, we missed last week. You know, we've got to make up that balance and then going forward, we've got to figure out a plan for doing that consistently. And so, so you're, you're communicating effectively at every level. And that's, that's, you know, one of the things about execution. It's not just, it's not just, forming the plan and communicating and, and walking people through it, it is, it is walking hand in hand with that plan throughout the course of the year. Um, because if, you know, if, if, we're, if we're hitting our strategic initiatives, then we can say that we are executing. But if we're not hitting our strategic initiatives, then in reality, we aren't executing. So again, going back to the small and, and middle sized business owner. Um, you can't. You can't let it get away from you. You've got to keep execution in your head, no matter what. Even if you don't think it's it's important, it's your job. Um, it's your job to stay invested in those people and the plan and what you're doing and how you're doing it. And again, inviting their inviting their criticism, invi- inviting their their commentary, inviting their you know what's what's positive, what's working for you. So, what you you, you can deny execution all you want but it's in everything we do and if if we're Mm -hmm. if we're not working on it continuously as a leader then then something's going to be missed and you know chances are it's going to take you a lot longer to get to where you want to go
0: true monty uh the point that is stuck in my head you know uh, there's the two things one when you spoke about ebitda it reminded me of one of the organizations where uh, as employees we had no idea what it meant but it was part of our annual appraisal process our annual appraisal had you know, two parts to it. One was our individual performance metric and one was the company performance metric. So the only reason we were interested what EBITDA is because it affected our annual bonuses. We never questioned what it is, what it meant. And I'm sure no one was aware of what it actually meant. But we knew that it's something that needs to be good. It will impact our annual bonus. So it needs to be. <laughs> it, it needs to work well. So uh, and another organization that I can share an example of was uh, what you said was beautifully done there. The vision that the strategic team builds at the top when it comes to people who are four, five, eight, ten levels below, it does not make any sense to them because one, it probably is not communicated through the right channels in the right way so that they understand what it is. And number two, a relevance to what they are doing is not built to that vision. I think that's the point that you are trying to make that as an individual, if if I'm at the front line. I need to know what is the vision of the organization and the little that I'm doing, a small step that I'm taking, how is it contributing towards that overall functioning of the organization and the vision of the organization? It was what gives me a sense of pride. Uh, this this reminds me of you know a story that I had read somewhere. I don't remember it uh, completely. It spoke about a cobbler. It said there, there was a person who went to a cobbler and asked him, you know, what are you doing? And he's like, you know, nothing. I'm just uh, making shoes and slippers so that you know people around can wear it can buy it and i can run my family there was another one who was asked you know okay so what are you doing he said i make shoes and slippers so that people around whoever comes to this city can buy it from me and they can have a comfortable walk in this beautiful city so that they spend more and more time in my beautiful city so that the economy of my city grows and we actually fulfill our lives in this city so that was the outlook of one cobbler versus the other one one just said that you know i'm making shoes what big deal and the other one is like you know it's it's impacting the economy of my city so i need to do it well so that people are comfortable and it it helps us so i think that's that's a perspective uh, that you were speaking about that leaders need to communicate the vision to their people in a way where they understand their relevance to the vision and the importance of what they do on day-to-day basis towards that vision is what will drive them and that that's a point you were trying to
1: make yeah yeah it's absolutely all tied together um you know again another another key responsibility for leadership is 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 carrying that vision and and when you can when you can equate it in those terms and you know your your cobbler story is uh you know is is it's very pertinent you know t- today um when you can simplify things so that everybody understands what it is they're there to do and why they do it then all of a sudden their authority. You've given them authority. You've empowered them and their decision making process becomes simplified as well, because they know, you know, the values, beliefs, the vision of the organization should should guide my thoughts. And, you know, over here in America, we have um, we have an organization called Southwest Airlines and they are low. They're a low fare provider. And I, and I know they've been they've been documented heavily because they've been very, very well led. But they have uh, they have a very simple value proposition that, that resonates throughout their whole organization. And it's, it's got three points. Um, the, the first point is low fares. They, they really want to make it cheap for everybody to fly, you know, me, meaning that, you know, this isn't just a service for business people or people with the means to be able to get somewhere faster. This is, this is for everybody. So, so low fares are important. The second thing, is on time arrivals and departures for the, for the planes, so that if if people can trust that we can get them there cheaply and we can get them there quickly and faster um, or on time at least, then then we're gonna have a we're gonna have a good business. And then and then the third point is they don't tolerate anybody or anything that gets in the way of the first two points, which is which is brilliant when you know when you think about it, you know. Yeah. Because when it when it comes down to it, if you have a if you have a problem in your job and you say, okay, you know, what does the organization value? What do we value? How do we do it? It's going to give you the answer. Mm-hmm. And you know, quite frankly, if you if you really want to be great at execution, you got to empower people to be able to make decisions. You want you want to build leaders at every level of, of of your business. It doesn't matter if there's three, four, or five of you or 100. Um, you've got to build as many leaders as you can, because when you do that, that's, that's an area that's going to take off. That's an area that's going to support you. That's an area, an individual that's going to contribute at a higher level. Um, and, and then they're going to have an impact on on their little universe, right? They're going to have an impact on mm-hmm. the people they report to, the, um, the, the people that report to them, and then the people that they work cross-functionally with. Um, you 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 you've got to be able to invest in, in, in those people, and if you're all aligned on what it is you need to do, then that's that's very very powerful. You're you're going to have a team that's that's really going to be unstoppable. That and and you know most people don't see it. They just don't they just don't take that deep dive and figure out how do I really get my people connected and how do I get them aligned and doing things uh, so that so that we can really you know capitalize on what it is we're trying to achieve.
0: Mm. true Monty Monty as a small and medium business owner you know whatever you're saying is great and I, I'm I'm talking from a very ground level uh, if I look at it from the point of view of small and medium business owner the thought that's running in my mind right now is Monty what you said is great I align with it I absolutely understand it now as a small and medium business owner can you tell me why is execution management important for me you know just, just tell me what how will it serve me
1: I'm sorry, I just didn't hear the last the last part of your sentence there. How does it sorry?
0: So how how will it serve me? This this execution management, if I'm a small and medium business owner, how is it beneficial for me? Can you tell me that?
1: Um, I, I, I would I would answer that Prashant by by saying that it's going to it's going to put you in a, in a position of confidence, where you know what's happening. Um, not not minute by minute, but but pretty close to real time. Um, I use a, a system, and this this is actually a, a great segue into in, into the how because, um, you know, when I, when I go to market with my clients, I have a system and process that 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 I use, and and realistically, there aren't very many of these systems out there. In fact, it's it's um, it's probably it's probably been estimated that less than 11 or 12% of all organizations use some kind of a execution oriented control mechanism for running their business. You know, most people are just winging it or doing it the, you know, the best they know how. And and, and again, some people do that well, you know, so I'm not, I'm not discounting that it, it can't be done without a system, but for, for most the complexities and the, of the business are just so much, especially small and middle-sized business, business owners, that you need something, you need a repeatable methodology. So having the system is what sort of keeps you aligned and keeps you in place and keeps you coming back to what it is you need, you, you know, you, you need to do. Mm. And, and that's just irreplaceable you know, in, in terms of, of keeping focus on, on the priorities. But it's, it's just as we've been sharing throughout this conversation, know it starts with strategy effectively translating it uh, uh, you know getting it out there to your people and then either sticking with it or changing it as you go and moving along and and the way the way that you know it's working is because that system is set up to help you manage on an individual level so you're getting the feedback from your people you know how they're responding you're adjusting their goals you're getting them to think like an owner you're getting them to um, knock out their goals and come back to you and say, okay, I got this done. I have six months left in the fiscal year. I think I can accomplish this. You know, mm-hmm. so, so really your this repeatable methodology just gets people, you know, focused on the right things. And this has been referred to in several different ways, but, but one, one way that I like to share it is it, it's sort of an operating system for your business. And you know, if you, if you use a technology application because then everybody knows this is the umbrella concept. This is where we're trying to go. These are the steps we're taking, and 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 really execution is nothing more than taking the steps to get to a predetermined outcome. So, in in effect, you're working it backwards. You're you're saying, okay, here's where we want to be by the end of the year. We want to be the second largest provider in our marketplace. This is how we see, you know, getting there. And so you break that down, and you break it down backwards. You re-engineer it, and you you assign it in terms of goals and initiatives and tasks to the, you know, to the right, to the right individuals on the team. And, and then you, you monitor that progress as a leader. Um, and, and then the real, real beauty of it all is that once you do all that, and again, this, the system that I use has a, um, has a software platform that people can follow along and that they can track and measure progress on but but the biggest value that i've seen in it is that that becomes a central repository of data and information around everything that has happened you know strategically for your organization over the course of a year and then you have all that information next year when you go to rebuild your strategic plan you're looking through it and and saying man we did great out of the gate the first four or five months were, were really good and then, we, then we, 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 we got off track in May. What happened? Well, you can, you can kind of go back and you can point to this and this and this and you can say that. Mm-hmm. Most small and medium business owners don't have the time to take pencil and paper. I mean, some people journal, some people take notes, some, you know, mm-hmm. obviously if something big and bad happens to you, you remember that. You never forget that stuff, right? That, that's mm-hmm. the stuff that stings. But for the most part, people aren't recording any of this data and information. Well, a good execution management system will record mm-hmm. all that information for you. And, it, and, and virtually it's coming directly from your people. Your people are there and they are putting it in through, you know, through their dialogue and through, uh, through their actions and their accomplishments. You're, you're figuring it all out. And, and that's really the key benefit mm-hmm. That, that 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 helps drive it without a system again i'm not saying it's 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 impossible to um to execute well there there are, there are some people let some legacy businesses some family businesses that have been around for years they've obviously perfected a lot of things or at least you know they do them at a very high level um, it, it it can happen but for most people and 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 then and then when you add the complexity of rapid growth and in technology into into it you need a system you need a, you need a way to keep track of it you know if you if you want your you know your your mental condition to remain solid <laughs> and if you want your business to eventually flourish you need help and 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 a system will help you keep track of all of that and help you help you accomplish that
0: absolutely and Monte the uh, you know the words that Uh, strike me the most or you know that that have remained with me from this uh, conversation in the last few minutes Uh, when we spoke about what will be the advantages to small and medium businesses the benefits you mentioned system then you mentioned a word repeatable then you mentioned the word monitor so there's a system which has a repeatable methodology which allows you to monitor the progress and the challenges then you mentioned data that you can refer back to what has happened in the past and take corrective measures and make better decisions going forward. And the most beautiful word that you mentioned uh, that I found was operating system. That when you turn on your laptop or your desktop, you don't have to take 100 different action steps. You press a button, but there are millions of actions that are happening in the background for you to see something that just comes up on screen. Because it's a repeatable methodology that has been formed like an operating system. And that's what you're referring to the execution management system as that. It's an operating system that makes things repeatable that actually takes data. It learns as we process because it comes back to actionable intelligence that you mentioned earlier, that your people are putting and inputting data into the system, right? And these are the people who have that actionable intelligence because they are on the ground taking actions towards the strategies that you build in the closed rooms. So very uh, interesting points that you brought forward. And now when I look at it from a small and medium business perspective, I I am attracted towards this and I'm inclined towards the saying that this makes sense. I would want to have a system that is repeatable, that keeps track of what is happening, that takes less time to input data, but gives me a lot of data to make better decisions At it helps me monitor the progress and challenges of my business. If that can be sorted, I don't have to make those notes, those journals. Which if I lose it after a year, I'm like, you know, I have no idea what happened this year because I lost that journal. And I have seen that happening with a lot of people as well. And another point that you mentioned was it's easy to make notes of those big things because they have hit you so hard that you don't forget them. But those small little things, what actually have hit your business, which are the root cause for that big challenge to happen, you never get to them because there's no data that is tracking that, which will tell you that happened. So that's, that's another beautiful point that you uh, mentioned Monday. Now I would want to bring in an element of relevance to it for small and medium business owners in terms of examples. So from your experience of working and observing the small and medium business owner as a coach and the execution management expert, can you share one or two examples with us and tell us that this is where the organization was pre-execution management and this is how they were post-execution management.
1: Yeah, and I and I would I would qualify that Prashant by saying um, execution management has the ability to do big and great things for any for any sized organization, um, and, and 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 you'll re- you'll realize them, um, but there but there's a there, there's an element to it that when it happens it's really the it's, it's 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 really the big moment it's really the you know where the rubber meets the road in terms of of the leader having confidence and knowing and that's that's when you're reaching your people and you're building that that trust and respect um because when you have that then you get the two-way communication that makes everything that makes everything possible so and the only reason I share that in terms of it being an example is because so many organizations disregard what it is their people bring beyond what you hire them for, beyond the job description, beyond beyond the role. The whole beauty of a great execution management system is your enlisting the strengths and the positivity and, and, the, and the innovations and, and when someone likes you and they like what you're doing and you're contributing at high levels, they wanna contribute more, right? You're harnessing all of that. Um, and, and if that's something that probably 90% of the organizations can't do. And, this, and again, the statistics bear it out here, right? Over you know, 73% of all people at work are, are disengaged or, or, or only you know, slightly engaged in, in what it is they're doing. Think, think of the productivity gains that come from just getting that engagement number, you know, up, up 10 or 20 points. Mm. Um, and, and, and so, and so I look at those things as really being the material changes that happen that are, that are the real, the real evidence of what execution does. But so, so let me bring that back to a, to an on solid on the ground example. One, one that i I've, I've recently worked with. Um, I, I engaged, I, I worked, uh, I have a background in working with a lot of universities, colleges and universities in America. And so I have a network built up and 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 I put this system in it in some of those locations. And one of them, um, a person I know, he, he was a, 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 his title was a vice chancellor. And he had been given the task by the president of the university to put together six different departments. These departments were all the um, they, they call them auxiliary services over here, but basically what they are, the money-making components of public education. So public yeah. education in America is mostly all not-for-profit, So, but there are elements inside of, of the institution that, that um, make money, and that obviously contributes to the budgets of, of the university, makes it all work. So anyway, this individual had six different departments that he was given responsibility for. And these were all uh, six separate kingdoms. If if, if you were to look at it from one perspective, they had a, they had a director, they had a budget, they had a accounting, they had their whole administrative staff, they were their own little worlds. And, you know, something that happened in this organization over time is all of those, those six little kingdoms just kind of got isolated and siloed and, you know, all of a sudden this person was charged with making a new department and making it, you know, student and customers, you know, customer service friendly. So he had to pull all six of these together in order to, to do it. Well, we implemented execution management and it, it really acted as a cohesive element because for, for the first time ever, I mean, some of these people, you know, had 20, 30 years in with the university, um, they were all united around a central purpose. And and a, and common goals and common initiatives, and they began to see what it was that that they could provide each other, that they could support each other. Um, all kinds of great things happened. Right? People recognized that. Well, I, I I maybe used to just you know I used to be part of the parking department, and now there's a there's a summer conferences and and, and summer camp group that I could go and work for. So there was. You know there was transfer of of you know responsibilities. people you know change careers, promotional opportunities, but um you know food service um, bookstores, all you know all these people kind of saw how their service elements related to each other, and they began to say, "Well, we can do this really well. why don't you let us do this or I can help with this?" All of that energy kind of you know began to began to focus in one area, and it was just really. I and mean, it was really two things, right? It was just a an understanding that this was there and it could be done, but it was it was really in the execution, right? How do we how do we go about doing that? How do we? And, and realistically, it was as simple as taking a, a small team and writing a goal and tying it back to initiatives that you know that 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 each of of those other or you know those other indip, what used to be separate you know monitored organizations now could do together, and and so. Uh, You know the 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 magic really happens in the things that don't bring the publicity right it's just it's those small things that happen internally where the light bulb goes off and all of a sudden people are saying i i like working here and i like working with this person and this this is what we've done together and we can really be proud of that and we can celebrate it and we can get rewarded for it and and that's what makes work worthwhile right that makes makes it worth getting up in the morning and going in and 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 being a part of something bigger than yourself and and we are all social animals right we like we like that interaction we like that ability to be able to connect with people and you know great execution involves all those elements and and really that's that's what those those are really where the major success stories come because it, it 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 starts becoming about these people and their place in the organization versus versus what's what's one major demonstrable um, event that happened that that, that that was good, but you know it, it it wasn't as much as you know how I'm feeling about my job and and my boss and you know how we're how we're working together now.
0: True, and uh, and I'm glad that you know with this process that you took them through, these small little things uh, that were missing and that. I wouldn't say we're missing that people were probably not aware of were so important and probably were highlighted through this journey, brought those seven kingdoms together. You know, you, you use that, you know, there are seven different kingdoms that were created within a single kingdom. The idea was not that the intention was not that, but a lot of organizations, it does happen that every business segment within that organization, every function within that organization becomes a separate business on itself, like they're running a different show on itself, which most of the times does not align completely or in the most efficient manner with the overall organizational execution and with the journey that you took them through of understanding the execution management the importance of it and making those small little changes brought the best forward of each and every person and you mentioned something very interesting earlier that i could relate to now is that you need to harness the strengths and interests of people way beyond what they have been hired for so if you've hired somebody for skill number one and two to do a job number one and two there is much more to them beyond that one and two which you will only be able to harness if you create such an environment where they are open to give more than what they have been hired for because they feel that it's an atmosphere it's an environment that allows and appreciates that and they feel it's adding value to them and to the organization and I think from what you mentioned in execution management process, it does that beautifully. It aligns people together. It aligns visions together. It aligns all the functions together. And it it brings probably the best that an organization can in terms of efficiency. Would it be right to say that it makes you the most efficient version of an organization?
1: It it, it, it does. It does. And, And, you know, people think that, you know, process has its place in helping that happen. And and that structure is important and, and it's needed, but there's a, there's a lack of recognition around people and that, you know, execution is really about investing in your people because when you do, then you're seeing the gifts they have. Everybody has certain gifts and a lot of people could work for somebody for years and years and years and never see those gifts materialize or, or, or accrue to the to the benefit of the organization. So when you when you recognize people's gifts and again, this only comes from knowing them right from that, from building that trust and respect and, and getting to know them when you can leverage those gifts, um, that's a significant competitive advantage, you know, p- p- potentially. Um, and then at that point, you as a leader, um, have to basically say, you can't not participate. You have these (laughs) gifts, you need, you need to use these because they're, they're going to be good for us and they're going to be good for you. And I'm going to be eternally grateful. And you know, this is, this is what it's going to mean. Um, so, so yeah, as, as you, as you put it in that context, that's certainly, um, that's certainly important. And, and, uh, you know what it what it comes down to great
0: great so Monty one last question uh to give value to our audience point to point so my last question to you Monty for today is if you have to give me those top two to three things that you would like small and medium business owners to start doing or stop doing for great execution to happen what would those
1: be um well, the, 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 first, the first one I would tell you is just to invest in your people, that, that you, have a, you have a sphere of influence that directly, re- no matter what size organizations, you, you have a sphere of influence. It's those, those people you report up to, those people that report to you, and the people that cross-functionally you, you, you work with. Um, if you don't have enough time to invest in those people, and to do, to work with them, do your best to work with them well, then you don't have enough time to do your job. So, you know, that, 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 that's the first thing I would, I would say. Um, I'd say the second thing I would say is stop, um, stop comparing execution to performance management. You know, they're, they're two totally separate things. Execution is an operations own discipline, okay? Performance management is owned by HR. It's looking in the past. It's looking at past behaviors. You know, I, I understand we need a way to analyze and rate people, and and grade them, give them raises, promotions, what what whatever. That process has has to take place in some form or fashion, but it has no it has no bearing. On execution, execution is about forward thinking. It's about it's about what I have in front of me today and and you know for the rest of the of the year potentially. Um, so you know don't don't get don't get caught in that trap of of thinking that this is all about rating your people because if they if they if they view it from an accountability standpoint and think that you're just there because you're trying to fix things in them or you're trying to do things that typically we think managers are cut out you know to do um they're, they're not going to do them and then and then the last thing i would just say is that you know execution requires courageous leadership um which which really means if 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 it's easy for you to have those conversations with your people that's good keep having them if if you haven't been able to connect with people you know, it's, it's uncomfortable to you. You're nervous about it. You get anxiety when you have to share certain things. Um, you've got to start working on that because execution isn't going to happen. If we can't, if we can't call each other out. Okay. Uh, and again, civilly, if we can't say that's not good enough, or I like the way you do that better. Can you share that with me? Um, if we can't, if we can't have conversations at that level, then we're, we're never going to, we're never going to get to where we want to go. We're just going to, you know, we're going to have to depend on scale or other things to, you know, to drive our business. But, but when you, you know, when you, when you commit to your people, when you make sure that it's, it's forward thinking, so it's not, it's not back thinking like through performance management. And when you, when you, when you're willing to have the courageous conversations, I would say those are the things that, that you really need to do in order to, you know, in order to see successful execution all the way through, and 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 there's no question in my mind that, that your your business will reap the benefits of that.
0: Wow. Great points. Great points, Monty. Thank you for sharing those. Uh, let's just take a couple of minutes to quickly look at some comments that our audiences have put here. There seems sure. to be some interesting ones. Uh, Mr. Chauhan says, Kuldeep Kumar Chauhan says, rightly said, Monty Patterson, that execution and performance management are two different things. So he definitely agrees to that. Then he says, even even being performances, you may still fail in execution and not being conversed performances towards common goals. That's a point that you were also trying uh, to make. So he agrees with you there. He says, uh, execution management is all about synchronization of resources and priorities. Would you want to comment on this?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mr. Chahan, uh, he's right on about this. it, it it really it really comes down to that analogy of having so many balls in the air, and and as a leader, being able to, um, being able to discern which is which and where it needs to go at, at at the right time and place. And so, again, in the beginning, we talked about clarifying, deploying, and achieving organizational initiatives. That's what this comment references. Um, and and good leaders are good leaders are looking at you know at synchronization and you know keeping all of the important things in focus, keeping the priorities top of mind. So it's, it's great, great observations.
0: Great, thank you, Mr. Chauhan for that. Uh, Sylvia says, good morning from Trinidad and Tobago. A very good morning to you, Sylvia. Thank you so much. Okay. Uh,
1: it's great, great to see Anita somebody says- from this side, this side of the, of the, of the globe tuning <laughs> in with yes. me.
0: <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, Anirav Chakravarty says leadership strategy is important and equally important is its execution. Great point, Monty.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. It's it, it, just to understand, I mean, you, you're not going to, you're not going to be able to execute without a strategy, but a, but a, but a, an average strategy executed well is going to get you a lot fa- fa- farther than the greatest strategy on earth that, that's poorly executed. I mean, it really, it really comes, there, there's a, uh, there's a, dynamic relationship there.
0: True. Thank you, Mr. Chakrabarti for sharing that point. Mona Lisa Chaudhary says, great point, Monty. Assigning the right type of responsibility to the right type of resource is the key. So that match between resource and responsibility.
1: Yeah, if, if, if you're a data geek and you love numbers and, you know, but, but somebody has got you, you know, working in manual processes, you you know, you're just not getting the benefit of that person. And chances are you don't have a long-term committed employee. So it's it's a, it's a great point. Great. Super. So
0: those are the comments that we could take in the time that we had. So Monty, thank you so much. I'm sure there are a lot of great points that came across in terms of what execution management is. We also spoke about the challenges of execution management and we spoke about the significance of it and how important it is to actually put it into place. What you said, very interestingly, right at the end, I think that sums up what we discussed today is that relationship between strategy and execution. You might have an average strategy, but if you execute it well, it will take you far ahead compared to having the world's best strategy, but you haven't executed that well. So I think that sums up our conversation beautifully. What do you say?
1: Yeah. I, I, again, I, here I here I go with with more definitions, but really execution is a set of techniques and behaviors that give your organization a competitive advantage. You know, plain and simple. If you if you focus on execution, um, chances are you are going to be successful with your strategy, and you know you you're, you're going to some things are going to click. Your your business is going to is going to change fundamentally for the better.
0: Super great. Thank you, Monty. Thank you so much for those insights. It was wonderful talking to you. Uh, Hopefully someday we can get back and get into more details, more conversations about execution and the strategy management part. But thank you so much for your time today. You have a wonderful uh, day ahead and a great weekend. And uh, audiences, thank you so much to each and every one of you for joining us, for your comments, for your support. I'll see you next Saturday with another amazing guest. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Monte. Have a great day.
1: You're welcome. You too. Take care.
0: Thank you so much. Take care.